0: Once again, I said it about a month ago, but once again, have you noticed that if you are actively studying your Bible, if you're actively hearing God's word, it seems to consistently be fitting together or to be working together? You hear this thing or you study this thing, you learn this, and then maybe from somewhere else, maybe it's in a different passage, maybe in the Old Testament, maybe it's in a different sermon, you hear this other thing, you learn this other thing, And they fit together. They really start to build on top of each other. Well, I was thinking about that. That's going to happen again tonight. The reason for that is the reality that this, all of this, God's word has the same author. The author is God. all of this, God's word has the same purpose that we would know and that we would believe in Jesus Christ. And all of it produces the same result that we would grow in our understanding of God. And so when I think about it, it it may be wild, but it should not be surprising. As we study God's Word, it is just building on what we already know, what we've already learned, what we hear this morning, what we learned on Wednesday night, all these things are lacing together. This morning we saw There is peace in walking with Jesus. Well, these verses tonight are guidance for that walk. Basically, that's what they are. These are the guidelines for walking with Jesus. So this morning we learned there's peace in walking with Jesus. Tonight we learned what it looks like, the guidelines to walk with Jesus. Now, think about that. Praise the Lord for his guidance. He doesn't say, as you receive Christ, now walk in him and not tell us how. He actually guides us in the process. Well, it's also interesting tonight, it actually still comes back to the same question. This morning, the question was, do you want his peace? Well, this evening, the question is, do you want his guidance that brings peace? Peace. And that's the bottom line. Do you want it? Do you want it enough to do something about it? Do you want the guidance that brings peace? Tonight, we're going to jump back in. Last time, it was two weeks ago, we took a Sunday night off for Easter. Last time, we finished in chapter 20, verse 18. And we're just going verse by verse. We're going to pick back up right there. Chapter 20 tonight, verse 19. God's wisdom for us, his guidelines as we walk with Christ. Tonight, chapter 20, verse 19. Here we go. He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. Now, Verse 19 is another warning. There are directives, there are directions for us in the Proverbs. There are also warnings for us to adhere to. Well, verse 19 is another warning. It, it says, "Those he that goes about as a slanderer. Now understand, a slanderer is a person that goes around and, and with their words, their mission is to tear somebody else down. That's the basic uh, Definition of the word, they use their speech to tear other folks down. Well, it says that person, the slanderer, reveals secrets. And so what we need to do here, we need to be sure if that is how they have identified themselves, you've noticed when they speak, they're slandering folks. When you get around them, they want to tear somebody down with their speech. You see that pattern in them. As they have identified themselves, that is what they will do. The Bible tells us that person thus identified, they will reveal your secrets. That's what the Bible says. Now, here's the thing. You think, well, they're different with me. Isn't that what you think? Well, they tell me all that stuff. It must be because they like me. They tell me all that stuff about those folks. They have inside information. It must be because they trust me. And you start to think, they must be for me. Just look at the things they tell me. Well, here's what the Bible says. That person thus identified, they will betray you. That's what the Bible says. A person that's identified as a slanderer, they're not for you, they're not with you. They will tell your secrets. Now, let me tell you something I figured out in life. There are people that we trust, that we share things with. Those are called dear friends. We trust them and we tell them things, we share things with those people. I wanna tell you this, the worst kind of betrayal is for a person to break that type of trust. You tell them stuff and you tell them in confidence and you tell them things that that are on your heart and they betray that. Well, here's the deal. The Bible says this person, this slanderer, those that tear others down with their words, they will do exactly that. They'll betray you and reveal your secrets. It says, therefore, do not associate with a gossip. A person that gossips, this person that talks about other folks. Here's what it literally translates. A gossip literally have nothing to do with their lips. That's what it says in Hebrew. Have nothing to do with their lips. Now, I'm good with that. I agree with that. Here's the truth of that. Here's what it's saying. Do not listen to them. In fact, do not even give them an opportunity to speak have nothing to do with the speech of their mouth. Don't sit there and nod. Don't sit there and take it in. Don't sit there and say, well, I'm going to affirm you by by listening. Have nothing to do with their lips. Do not associate with them. Don't even let them speak. All right, that's the first verse. Verse 20. He who curses his father or his mother his lamp will go out in a time of darkness. He who curses his father or his mother, his lamp will go out in a time of darkness. Here's what the verse means. It's another warning, another person for us to watch out for. And it says, a person who turns against their parents, they are not grateful for their parents. They're not grateful for the sacrifices made by their parents they do not respect them, they do not honor them in their role that they have served in as parents. And so they curse them. The literal translation is, it's not to just cuss them, it is actually to curse them, it is to wish they were dead. That's what it means, to to wish they were dead. They turn against their parents. They betray their parents. And here's what the Bible says of that person, They also should be noted. They also should be identified. They are not a dependable person in times of need. That's what it says. When the day is dark, when the time is consumed in darkness, they will not have a lamp to shed light. Their their lamp will go out. Here's what I want to tell you. I believe this, and I think you can watch and you can see it come true. I think if you want to know the character of a person, and I'm talking about any person. If you wanna know the character of that person, don't see what others are saying. Don't, don't listen to the words they say about themselves. If you wanna know the character of a person, look at how they treat those that are close to them. And I believe that. You wanna know, know what a person's like? Watch how they treat the people that are close to them. A person that can't get along with family probably is not gonna get along with you as well. They got trouble with them and them and them and they did this and they said this. Watch how a person treats their family and it's a pretty good indication of how they'll treat you. A person, now I believe this, that, that undercuts and speaks ill of their spouse. And you go down to the coffee shop and they're talking about their wife and she did this and they did that. And you go down to the break room and they're saying, my husband did this and he's not worth two, worth two cents a person that will speak ill of their spouse, they're not going to be treating you much different. Person, how, Watch how they treat their kids, how they treat their parents. If they're harsh, if they treat them with contempt, it's revealing they are a hard-hearted person. Verse 21. An inheritance gained hurriedly at the beginning will not be blessed, In the end, an inheritance gained hurriedly at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. Now, that's a strange verse. That that sounds strange. Let me make sense of that. What it means very simply is this money that comes easily is not valued. Money that comes easily is not valued. People that are given things. Do not cherish, protect, or value those things. That's what the word of God says. That's the wisdom of God. Folks that are given things, that it's given to them easily, whether it's money or things, they do not value those things. And so what the verse says, the ease at the start, they're given the stuff, they get the stuff, ends up causing great problems at the end. Now here's what I, I watch folks do, especially some parents. They think they're being gracious to that kid. And they think they're being kind to that kid. And they got themselves in a jam again. and We got to bail them out again. And they think they're being loving to that kid. But what they're really doing is brewing problems with that kid. You give stuff to folks easily. They do not value that stuff. They are breeding problems in that kid. Verse 22. All right, verse 22 is a big verse has a big repercussion. Listen to verse 22. Do not say, I will repay evil. Listen, wait for the Lord and he will save you. Do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord and he will save you. Now this is consistent in scripture. Some folks say, well, that's an Old Testament scripture. I'm gonna show you that it's not, that it's in the New Testament as well. But the teaching of this verse is this. Our God sees everything. Our God knows everything. In fact, he knows what we can't ever know. He knows the motivation of the heart. Our God is just, and our God upholds justice. And so here's what the Bible says. Our God sees, our God knows, he's going to uphold justice. And so we trust matters to him. Here's the deal. Most of us are built to repay, to get back. And i just tell you, a lot of us can't rest until it's settled. Somebody does something to slide us. Somebody does something against us. And we, we have to pay them back. And we brew and we stew and we, stir, and we stir and we ache until it's settled. Well, you did this to me. You hurt me. You hurt my family. And we have to settle the scores. We say, you know what, that's not right. That can't go unanswered. That's not right. And we brew until we pay them back. Well, God says, do not say I will repay evil. Now, I do want you to notice this. Notice it says the act was actually evil. Sometimes I think when we say, well, I'm going to trust it to God, we're saying, well, it wasn't that big of a deal. No, it was evil. It was real. It was not right. It's not make-believe. It's real. It's evil. But we're not to go and settle the score ourselves. It's not saying it's not evil. We're not saying we're not hurt that it's not a big deal, but we're not to settle the score ourselves. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Verse 17 says, Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Verse 19 says this: never take Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. You don't take revenge, you leave room for the wrath, the anger of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now, here's what that verse says in the New Testament. God sees, he knows, and if we'll trust it to him, he'll settle it. It says the wrath of God. Now, listen, my payment's not going to be like his. My wrath is not going to be like his. I can't imagine being, being under the wrath of God, but we have to trust it to him. Listen to this. There are people that have lost a whole lot of years, and who've burned up a whole lot of time, and some of them have ruined their lives burning to pay somebody back. And maybe you know some folks like that, maybe that's talking about you, but there's folks, and they've wasted a whole lot of time and a whole lot of years, and they've been mad and they've been angry, and they got to pay them back, and they're burning to pay them back. And God says, Trust it to Him. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Trust it to Him, He will settle all the scores. We trust it to him. Verse 23. Differing weights are an abomination to the Lord and a false scale is not good. Now, this is a reoccurring theme. We see it over and over. Abomination means that God hates it, can't stand it. Now, what it's talking about is cheating. It is saying, you know what? I'm gonna sell you a pound of something and actually producing three quarters of a pound of something. It is saying, I'm gonna work eight hours And messing around and goofing off for four of those hours. It is not delivering what you promise. It says, God hates if you promise something, but do not deliver what you promise. It is cheating. Listen, cheating does not line up with the character of God. He is honest. He is totally honest. He is trustworthy. He is faithful. Cheating does not line up with the character of God. So, As a witness, it cannot exist in the people of God. We have to be honest in our dealings. We have to be trustworthy. We have to have integrity in our dealings. Verse 24. Man's steps are ordained by the Lord. How then can man understand his way? Deep verse again. Man's steps are ordained by the Lord. How then can a man understand his way? Way. Now, this, again, is a complicated verse. Uh, our Bible study this afternoon for our teachers was, was talking about a subject that leads into this, but basically it means this, we are to trust God. Man's steps, the, the, the actions of the world as a whole, God is in control. And so there may be some things we do not understand. There may be a plan we do not like. We may think to ourselves, you know what, I'd do it differently if I were doing it. But the fact is, we do not see it the way he sees it. We're not infinite in wisdom. And so where we're not understanding, we have to trust that God is faithful and is trustworthy in all things. We're trusting God. You know, I could go down a whole list. There's a lot of results we do not like. What about a child that dies early? What about an illness that somebody gets? What about death itself? Oh, I I would have timed that differently. I would have done that differently. Those are hard things, but the the Bible's saying God is in control and he's trustworthy over all things. Verse 25, it is a trap for a man to say rashly, it is holy. And after the vows to make inquiry, it is a trap for a man to say rashly, it is holy. Now let me tell you what verse 25 is saying. It is talking about a person who makes a promise by God or makes a vow before God or says, God said to do this. That's what it's talking about. God said do this, or I, I promise God has, has directed this. They make a vow before God. Then they look into it later. That's what the verse says and they see when, they, when they're when they not rash, when they're not moving quickly, well, that wouldn't have got at all. When they look into it, they say, you know what, that, that could even be a sin. He didn't say do that. God did not say that. And so the Bible says, don't be quick to say, here's a vow, here's what God has said. And then when you look into it, you come back and say, well, God didn't say that. Let me ask you a question. Who does that reflect poorly on? And I'll tell you, as believers, we say, well, that person. Some person says, God said this, and I have it on the authority of God. He said this and do this, and we can take it to the bank, and God has said that. And when it doesn't come to pass, when it doesn't prove to be of God, we say, well, that person's messed up. It looks poorly on that person. But let me tell you, for the lost world, it reflects poorly on God. And that's the truth. When you say, God has said this, but he didn't, and God said this will come to pass, and it doesn't, it reflects poorly on God. I was thinking about something. Some of y'all will remember, some of y'all won't, but some of y'all remember Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts in 1980 was bringing in $80 million a year. 85 on a high year. $80 million a year. In 1986, he only brought in 55 million. And so I don't know if folks are catching on. I don't know what's happening. He only brought in 55 million. And so in 1987, and I, the reason I remember it is because I remember thinking how crazy it was. I was a junior, senior in high school. In 1987, he has a prayer tower there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he comes out and he says, God told me to go in the prayer tower, go to the top of the prayer tower and to stay there Until $8 million comes in. That's what he said. Until $8 million comes in, go to the prayer tower. He says, and it's on Los Angeles Times, New York Times, all three TV stations. It's all over the news. It goes out as a national news story. Oral Roberts has gone up the prayer tower, and if he doesn't have $8 million, then he ups it and says, you know what, God's going to call him home. Then he ups it again and says, if it doesn't happen by the end of March... Then God's going to take him home. He says, "I will go from here in the prayer tower and I will see Jesus." That's what he said. I need eight million dollars. If I don't have it by the end of March, I believe it was the twenty-second of March when he started. If I don't have it, I will see Jesus. I want to tell you what happened the last day of March. He had three and a half million dollars. There was one guy that was a Methodist preacher that didn't believe in what he was saying, but said, "I hate to see him die," and gave a million nine. He came out of the prayer tower and he said this, God changed his mind. That's what he said. He, you know what? He lived, I think, another 20 years. And they, they raked in a whole bunch of money from a bunch of other folks in different ways. But I want to tell you, for believers, guess what we say? Oh, Roberts must be messed up. He must be doing something. I don't know. But you know what the lost people say? It's nonsense. It's nonsense. This gospel is silly. These people, this good news is not believable. And it's the reputation of God that is in the balance. But guess what? Thousands of years earlier, God says, do not rashly say it is of God. And then reconsider and say it's not of God. Verse 26. I will say this. I went and read the story. It's interesting. But he did raise somebody from the dead in 87. So that's okay as well. I don't know. That's a cheap shot. Verse 26. A wise king winnows the wicked and drives the threshing wheel over them. All right, here we go. Another another teaching point. Kind of hard for us to understand. In this culture, when you harvested wheat or any grain, they had this place. They would haul the grain there. They would thrash The grain. It was a process they would glean, they would separate the grain from the shaft, they would violently shake it, and the the, the grain would settle out. Okay, so the shaft is removed, and the grain is there, and then they would take a a big stone wheel, and they would drive it over the grain. They would mill the grain, and that's the process here. It says a wise king, that's what they would do. They will winnow, and they will run the mill over it. Here's what it means. A wise king separates wicked people from them, removes wicked people from them. Here's here's what we take out of that. We saw it this morning. You become like those that you walk with. And and that's the, that's the, the truth of it. If you're with angry people, the Bible says in Proverbs, you become an angry person. You're with foolish people, you start to do foolish things. You become like the people you walk with. Well, guess what? In that same understanding, we are to separate wicked people from us. That's what the king ought to do. Do not overlook them. Do not make excuses for them. Separate, identify them, crush them, be done with them. Verse 27. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts, Of his being. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the innermost parts of his being. Again, this is a hard verse. It's tough to translate out of Hebrew into our language. I'm going to try to explain it to you. The spirit of a man is what is lit up, illuminated by God, meaning the spirit of a man is what is observed and known by God. Here's the truth. God knows our hearts, your heart, my heart. He knows our minds. He knows our thoughts. He knows our motivations. You can do a good thing with a bad motivation. He knows your motivation. He knows if you're good. He knows if they're bad. the innermost parts, parts that we hide, that we push down, that we act like nobody's ever going to know about those things, those are illuminated to God. They're like a lamp before God. He sees and he knows those things. Now, I want to tell you, I've often thought we have a statement, and it's true, God knows your heart. You ever said that to somebody? God knows your heart. God knows your heart. I want to tell you, if you think about that, That could be a good thing. You're misunderstood by the world and you've got good intentions and you know what? God knows your heart. I want to tell you something else. That could be a terrifying thing. You think you got everybody fooled. You think you got it all pulled off and God knows your heart. It could be a terrifying thing. God sees and he knows your heart. Verse 28. Loyalty and truth preserve the king and he upholds his throne by righteousness. Well, verse 28 is kind of building on that theme where the king does well to identify and remove wicked people. We've got to get them away from us. In the same way, loyal people, trustworthy people, righteous people, They are an addition to the king. They are a blessing to the king. And so remove the wicked people, but you know what? People that are loyal, that are trustworthy, that are righteous, those folks are a blessing. In fact, they protect the kingdom. Again, in verse 28, we have the call to be careful of the people we walk with. We have a call to be careful of the people we listen to And we have a call to be careful to the people that we surround ourselves with. Loyal, trustworthy, righteous people. They are a blessing, but we are to separate from wicked people. If you hadn't got it just tonight, it matters who you closely associate with. It matters who you closely associate with. All right, verse 29. I've been dreading verse 29 for about three years, I knew it was coming. I've been dreading it. Here it goes. The glory of young men is their strength, and the honor of old men is their gray hair. <laughs> I've, been, I've been dreading that for four three years. The glory of young men is their strength, and the honor of old men is their gray hair. That's not a joke. That is profound, and that is the truth. I want to tell you, I didn't plan on it, but with with time, I've been both of those people. You know, with time, I've been both of those people. About two years ago, I had a fence that I was going to take up and move the corner. And about 10 years ago, I built those corners, and they were made out of telephone poles, and I can remember 10 years ago, we cut the telephone pole and I got out of the pickup and I walked it over like this and I put it in the hole like that and I backed up and we tamped it down and put it in. It's been 10 years and we, we need to move that corner. And I dug it all up and I walked over there. I don't, I don't feel much different, but here's what happened. I couldn't get it out of the hole. And so I got down, I, I got my neck bowed up and I got down under it and I stood up and I couldn't get it out of the hole. And so I got mad and I backed up and thought, well, I'm not that bad of shape. I'll tell you what, I'll get that. And I got up there and I, and I got a hold of that post and I, I pulled out. You know what I couldn't? I couldn't get it out of the hole. And so here's what I had to do. I had to dig the hole deeper and let it fall over and then roll it to where it was going next. True story. It'll get worse. <laughs> It'll get worse. I, I believe it. I've been both of those people, but let me tell you something I can tell you tonight as well. Praise the Lord for the time that it took for my hair to get gray, that I got to raise three awesome kids. And I got to love my wife for many years. And I got to have friends that I got to know and I got to enjoy. And I got to lead a church in the years that my hair got gray. And I got to preach there is good news in Jesus Christ as my hair got gray. Praise the Lord for days that we live until our hair gets gray. The glory of young men is their strength and the honor of old men is their gray hair. Verse 30, stripes that wound scour away evil and strokes reach the innermost parts. Here's here's the point to verse 30. We're gonna end this chapter. We're gonna end right here. Correction is necessary. I think that's an awesome way to end this chapter. You know what? The truth is necessary. You know what? It may convict us and it may hurt us and we may not like it and we may flare up, but correction is necessary. And God that is good and gracious gives it to us. Those that he loves, he corrects. He rebukes, he disciplines. You know what? Correction, it's a hard thing. Truth is a hard thing. It is a gracious and good thing. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. During Father, we come and we praise you tonight. We thank you tonight. I, I pray tonight that we have heard your word, that we have taken in your word, that we've been receptive to your word, that we'd be changed by it. Lord, I pray for young folks here tonight that they're learning and they're growing and a foundation of truth is being built. I pray for for older folks here tonight that we're being encouraged. And I pray the fruit of this time is people that find peace in walking with Christ in the guidelines of how to walk with Jesus. Lord, I praise you for that and I thank you for that. You are good and you are gracious and you are kind and you've never left us and never forsaken us. You're you're quick to forgive our sins if we'll repent and turn to you. At the cost of your own self, your own blood, the person of Jesus, you save us. And so Lord, we end this night by saying we love you and we praise you and we worship you. We love you, we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, Amen.